Amen. We're going to be turning to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 14. If you will take what the Lord has given me tonight, you will be equipped to fight against the enemy when he comes your way. And if you've been fighting the enemy, and I know who you have, you're going to get him out of your house tonight. Amen. Tonight is a night of deliverance. Turn to your neighbor and tell him tonight is a night of deliverance. Tonight is a night of change. Tonight is a night of breakthrough. My God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 14, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought up, bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. And it did eat of his own meat and drink of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said unto Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. And I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor. And he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of the sun. For thou didst it secretly. Thou didst it secretly. Thou didst it secretly. 
I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. He finally confesses his sin. I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. I want to preach tonight with your help and most importantly with the help of the Lord. This simple message, the traveler, the traveler, the traveler. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, you have sent me here tonight on a mission to declare your word from heaven, oh God, the word that you have placed in me for some time now. Now pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that your will would be done that the Holy Ghost would move through this house. God, I only want your will. I've not come with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in power and in demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. God, whatever you want to do tonight, do it. Whatever your will is tonight, accomplish it, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I lose deliverance in this place. In the name of Jesus, I lose breakthrough in this house. And in the name of Jesus, I lose the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of you in this house. Open up our eyes. Open up our ears. Open up our hearts to receive the word of the Lord. Now, right now, I want you to give God your greatest praise and worship Him and attract His presence into your life right now with your praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We find here in the forefront of the story, King David. We find him in the midst of the exposure of his secret sins. And we find the King David in a mess. I would remind you that King David was the one of whom the Messiah would come as his seed. And not only that, but he would be the root and the offspring of David. I would remind you that it was David that took five smooth stones out of the river and went and killed a giant in one shot. I would remind you that it was David that would not touch the Lord's anointed because of the, the calling that God had put upon King Saul. Though King Saul multiple times had tried to kill him and tried to hurt him and tried to mess him up, he didn't want him to become king, but David had such respect and honor for the things of God and for the anointing of, of God that he would not even touch the king that was trying to kill him. God gave him the opportunity to kill him, but David still would not kill him. What I've come to tell you tonight night is that King David was a good man. King David was a good man. King David 
what the Bible says, and, he, and the Bible only says this about one man in the entire Bible. Out of all the prophets, out of all the men of God, out of all the amazing people that are in the Bible that we read about, God said about David that David is a man after my own heart. David was a man after God's own heart. He was chasing after God. He was chasing after the heart of God. He was a man on a mission. He was on a man trying to get closer to Jesus. He was a man that wanted more of God's presence. He was a man that wrote many psalms that you read today because he was thirsty. Oh, my soul panteth after thee as the heart panteth after the water brook. So my soul panteth after thee oh my Lord and my Savior it was that David that wrote that scripture that Lord I need you I want you his heart panted after God David was a man after God's own heart Elijah was not titled with that Solomon was not titled with that. Elisha was not titled with that. Moses was not titled with that. But David was titled as a man after God's own heart. And David, he was a powerful man. David was the king over all of Israel. David had authority, both in the natural and in the spiritual. David was a man of prayer. David was a worshiper. David didn't care what he looked like when he began to worship, but when his wife began to make fun of him for the way he danced, he said, if you think that's bad enough, I'll show you something more vile than this. I'll show you something that looks crazy. I'll show you what crazy actually looks like because David was a worshiper. We can learn a lot of good things from David. We can learn a lot from the life of David. King David was a powerful man. But in the opening story, we see David in the after effects of probably the biggest and most well-known failure of his entire life. He had fallen into lust committed adultery with a woman that was not his own and murdered her husband, a poor, innocent, loyal man. David became a lustful, perverted, adulterer and murderer because good people can fall into bad things. I have come tonight with the word from the Lord for everybody under the sound of my voice. This is for every person, sinner and saint, preacher, apostle. I don't care what title you have tonight. This word is a word for everybody. If you're a singer, you're a musician, you're a preacher, this word is for you. If you are a saint or if you're a sinner, you've never been to this church, this word is for you because it does not matter how good you have been. It doesn't matter how much you You've prayed and how much you've worshiped. If you are not careful, you can fall just like the man after God's own heart. And so we find David in this opening story in the midst of his failure. So we jump back to 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 4. We jump back right now to 2 Samuel 11. 1 through 4 to see the actual occasion of what happened. Here we go. And it came to pass 
after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. The battle's hot. It was the time for kings to go to battle. David was the king. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in an evening tide, it began to get dark outside, that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. He took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness and she returned unto her house. The first thing we find that's wrong with the story is that it was the time for kings to go to battle. It was the time for kings to be at fight, at war, battling for their people, not hiding out in their room. It was time for David the king to be in the battle. But the next thing we see, we find David laying on his bed. The Bible says, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. Let me tell you something tonight. It's dangerous when you're supposed to be at war, but you're lying down in your bed still and not doing anything for the kingdom of God. It's dangerous when you're supposed to be worshiping, when you're supposed to be praying what you know you ought to be doing. Are you hearing me tonight? You know you ought to be praying. You know you ought to be worshiping. You know you're a man after God's own heart. And you know you're supposed to be acting like that. But right now, something lazy got on you. Some kind of complacency got on you. And now you're still at Jerusalem. And David is lying in his bed still at Jerusalem. What, what, would you ha I would have you to know tonight that the devil's playground is an idle mind. You stop praying, you stop worshiping, you stop going to church, you stop reading the word of God, and your mind gets idle. That is the devil's playground. That's when the devil can get to you while you're laying on your bed, while you're lazy, while you're not doing anything for God. When you decide you want to relax from the kingdom of God for a little bit, that is exactly when the devil strikes at you. So he's lying on his bed while he's supposed to be in battle. And he decides for some reason, he's not thinking straight or something, and he decides to get up out of his bed. And so he gets out of his bed, 
probably with some lustful thoughts. I don't doubt that he had done this before. I don't doubt that he had seen it before. The other times he may have not have sinned. The other times he may have immediately repented and walked away from it. But this time something stirred him the wrong way. And he got up out of his bed and he walked up to the rooftop to see and behold a woman naked bathing herself. And he begins to behold her and stare at her. And I would remind you that Jesus said, if a man look at upon a woman to lust after her he has already committed adultery in their heart can I preach it straight tonight if you've been looking at pornography you have already committed adultery in your heart you are an adulterer and it is time to repent and so he starts to stare at the thing he was not supposed to have. And he begins to get that emotion stirred up. Never stir up an emotion that cannot be quenched without sinning. Never stir up or entertain a thought that cannot be satisfied without entering into sin. If there's a thought that pops in your mind that you know good and well, if you think about that, it's going to cause you to want that and fall into sin. You better start rebuking that thought and get it out of your mind right then. <laughs> David doesn't do that. David in his weakness. David in his prayerlessness, David in his worshiplessness, David in his laziness and not going to war. He stands up from his bed, goes up to the rooftop and beholds a woman. And the desire becomes so strong that he goes beyond what he would normally think of. A man after God's own heart wouldn't think like that, surely. Oh, a preacher wouldn't think like that, surely. Oh, a prophet wouldn't think like that, surely. I'm telling you, you're still in the flesh and there's no time to take breaks. Because though David was the king of Israel, and the man after God's own heart and a psalmist who would write parts of the Bible, David was vulnerable because he wasn't praying, because he wasn't fighting. And so David sends his servants. He sends his servants to go and get Bathsheba. But one of them recognizes it and, and, and God gives him an opportunity to get out. And one says, is this not Bathsheba, the, the daughter of Eliam and, and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? What are you doing thinking like this, David? What are you thinking like this, king? But David disregards that. In the very next verse, it says that King David sent forth his servants. David, oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. David was not in his right mind. Have you ever been not in your right mind? You know you shouldn't be thinking like that. You know you shouldn't be having these thoughts, uh, these desires. What in the world has gotten a hold of me? Am I preaching to real people or fake people tonight? Because I know everybody that's in the flesh tonight has dealt with these things before. So he's, he's not thinking straight. He's not thinking right. He's not in his right mind. Man, after God's own heart, wouldn't do this. A prophet of God. I, I, I forgot to mention that. He was a prophet of God. He wrote uh, psalms that would predict what Jesus would be. He wrote prophetic psalms. He prophesied about Jesus. He was a prophet of God. And this prophet is not thinking very prophetic. 
He's thinking pretty pathetic. Yeah. So he sends his servants. Can I just break this down for just a little bit? He sends this, his servants out to go get the woman he wanted to commit adultery with. That would be as, as if a preacher told some of his saints, go get this woman for me so I can have adultery with her. Something is not right with David's thinking. What kind of man of God? What kind of king? What kind of royalty? What kind of man after God's own heart would think like this to send your own servants, the ones that are under you, the ones you've been keeping up with, you'd send your own servants to help you commit your sin. So they go and they take Bathsheba and he took her. He lay with her and committed adultery with her. And she returns into her house. And for a little bit, we don't hear anything of David. We think David's okay. But the very next, next verse is uh, verse 5. The Bible says, And the woman conceived and sent and told David. And said, I am with child. Look at what you did to me. Look at what you caused. I am with child. And David sent to Joab saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. See, now David realizes that his sin is being uncovered. He thought maybe he probably had enough dominion and authority over his servants that they'd keep their mouth shut. But now it's becoming public because you can't deny a baby. You can't deny a, a life that's coming out of this. You can't deny what you birthed out of this. And every time you sin, you are birthing something in the spirit. You're birthing evidence that's against you. The Bible says, be sure that your sin will find you out. So David begins to realize that his sin is being uncovered. His sin is about to be revealed if he doesn't do something. So he comes up with a plan. And this, this sin causes him to have another sinful idea. Why don't I try to lie about it and try to see if, if Uriah will go and lie with his wife. And he'll think it's his own baby. And I'll be protected and I'll be okay. So he sends for Uriah. He has his plan. He has his scheme. He's still not thinking right. I don't know what was going through his mind. But he's still not thinking very straight and so he sends somebody after Uriah and Uriah comes and the story goes that, that David told Uriah you just go home tonight and, and you wash your feet and go sleep with your wife tonight and it's going to be okay you, you don't have to worry about fighting in the battle but I'll tell you right now Uriah was so loyal and faithful to the man of God and to the king and to the kingdom that he would not even leave the outside of the palace Uriah was more holy than David was at this point. And, and David comes out and finds him on the porch of the, of the, of the palace. And all of a sudden he's, he's wondering why did he not do this. You know what? I'll get him drunk. The next thing you try to do is try to cause somebody else to fall into sin. You can't cover it up with a lie. You can't cover it up good enough. You'll cause somebody else to fall in misery with you. 
And so he tells them, you go get drunk. You have you a good old merry time tonight and get drunk and then you go lie with your wife. And so he, he tells them to do this. They try to get him drunk, but Uriah refuses to go. Even when Uriah wasn't in the right mind, Uriah still had more holiness than David did. And Uriah, Uriah says, I cannot go back to my home while my people are out while my people are out fighting and trying to win this battle, who would I be to stay at home? David was not in his right mind. And so David has no other option. He's either going to get exposed or he's got one more plan, one more devious plan. I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write a death warrant, and I'm going to sign the name Uriah on it. I'm going to send it in Uriah's hand, scrolled up. Uriah won't even know what he's doing, and he'll send it to Joab. And Joab will take the letter and read it, and Joab will see that it says to put Uriah at the front of the battle, at the heat of the battle, at the very front, so that he will for sure get beaten up, and he will for sure die by the sword. And so this is exactly what David did. Why? Because one sin leads to another sin, and leads to another sin and before you know it you're not only an adulterer you're not only lustful you're not only a liar but now you're a murderer now you are killing people to protect your integrity oh my god but David had something wrong with his mindset am I preaching to anybody tonight And so we find David in this very situation, a lazy, lustful, adulterous murderer. Then we jump back to where we started. Then comes along the prophet Nathan. I would would let you know that the prophet Nathan was around 21 years old at this time, facing up a well-aged king, but he had a word from the Lord. And so Nathan, the young prophet, comes unto David. Nathan comes with a word from the Lord, and he opens up his mouth with this story to David and says, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it and grew it up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. But now a traveler came to reach to the rich man but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him instead he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him and David burns with anger against the man and said to Nathan as surely as the Lord lives the man who did this must die and then the prophet steps back up and says to David thou art the man And so we see the rich man who is willing to steal from the poor man. 
and not only steal what was not his, but to even kill the poor man, to take everything that he had. He didn't even have very much. He didn't have anything to offer. All he had was his, was his one ewe lamb. His beautiful wife was all he had. That was everything that he had. But, but David decided, the rich man decided to take what the poor man had. Though David was the king, David was rich. David had seven wives. My goodness, if you can't take care of your issue with seven wives. That ought to tell somebody he had a problem anyways, but we'll move on. But he had everything he needed. He had all that he needed. God had supplied everything he needed to take care of the problem. But, no, he wasn't thinking straight. He wasn't in his right mind. He wasn't the man after God's own heart at this point in time. He wasn't the prophet of God at this point in time. He wasn't the psalmist and the worshiper and the dancer and the prayer at this time. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. He was a different man at this time. He wasn't thinking straight. He wasn't in his right mind. And we see here David, the rich man, taking the you little lamb, which was Bathsheba from the poor man Uriah. So we see these three characters here. The main two characters being the poor man and the rich man. But right down in the middle of the story, we see a mysterious traveler. We see a mysterious traveler. A mysterious traveler pops into the scene. And it seems as if he doesn't even fit in the story. Because if you read it, and we read it, we didn't miss anything. If you read the actual story, there is no traveler in the actual story. All you've got is the rich man, David, who had a little bit of lust in his heart and was being lazy. Got up out of his bed, saw another you little lamb, Bathsheba, and wanted to steal it from the poor man. You see the three characters, but all of a sudden, in this prophetic word, you are seeing the traveler the traveler appears the traveler comes knocking on the door now was the prophet prophesying wrong was the prophet missing it a little bit he got a little bit right and a little bit wrong no, the prophet knew more than what David and, and Uriah and Bathsheba even saw. The prophet knew there was somebody else in the story that was not mentioned elsewhere. That you didn't see it when you read it. But now the prophet is exposing something in the spirit. Who was this traveler? Who was this mysterious traveler? Who was it? Was it a long lost friend came knocking on the door trying to get David to sin? Was it a was it a long lost family member? Was it some some acquaintances of his past? Was it was it was was it was it somebody else, some mysterious random stranger? Who was this traveler? Who was the wayfaring man that came to the rich man? What caused 
this rich man to take of the poor man, the poor man's only you lamb to feed the wayfaring man, the traveler. What was it? What was it? What did the traveler do? What was the traveler saying? Who was this traveler? I have come to preach to you tonight that that traveler was an evil spirit that was not seen in the natural but the prophet who was all seeing in the spirit he, he was seeing things that other people couldn't see he saw a spirit come knocking on the door it was the spirit of perversion it was the spirit of lust it was the spirit of adultery you see the traveler come knocking on the door and I'll tell you right when it came to it was while David was in his bed because when David heard the knock on the door are you here me tonight. Ah, when David heard the knock on the door, David got up out of his laziness and David got up out of his bed and he had to go fulfill what the traveler wanted him to do. It was a spirit of lust that had come to travel in to David's bedroom because he saw that David wasn't at war. See, the enemy knows when you're supposed to be at war, but if you're not at war, the traveler come knocking on your door. The traveler will come inside your house. And the traveler will tell you to do things that are unseemly. Things that don't make any sense. Things that you would not normally do. So the traveler, oh my God, I feel like preaching in here tonight. The traveler comes knocking on the door and David answers the door. David gets up out of his bed and he says, I know what you want. I know what you want. You're a little bit familiar. You're a familiar spirit. I've, I've encountered you before. And so I'm going to go up to the top where I had seen that there was possibility that this woman might be bathing while it started to get dark outside. So I'm going to go up there because the, the traveler will always deceive you and always make you think in ways that are not right. He will always make you lose your mind. You cannot play with this traveler. This traveler is an evil dark figure that will make you lose your thinking. My, 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 my. So David David is encountered by this traveler. This traveler comes bearing his burdens. Don't, don't do anything yet. Just hold the bags. But the traveler comes bearing his burdens, burying or, or bearing the lust, burying, I can't talk, bearing, bearing on his shoulders, bearing in his hands lust and perversion, bags full of junk, bags full of deception, bags that are full of things that will make you think crazy thoughts, bags that are full of things that will cause you to lose your mind and make you become a person that you really normally are not. So the traveler comes knocking on the door and he's bloodthirsty. He's hungry. He wants something to eat. Are you hearing me tonight? The traveler wants something to eat. And 
man, I don't want the ordinary. I want something that doesn't belong to me. I want something that I know I don't need. I want the traveler comes hungry and he'll trick you into taking something that does not belong to you. He'll trick you into taking something that is not yours. God has given you everything you need already. God has given you all you need to take care of this traveler. But this traveler will deceive you and cause you to fall into sin. He comes up bloodthirsty. He's got blood dripping from his face because he's ready to destroy a family. He's ready to destroy your ministry. He's ready to destroy your life. He's ready to destroy your marriage. He's ready to kill the baby that was going to be born. He's ready to kill Uriah, the innocent poor man. He's ready. He's bloodthirsty. He's wild-eyed. He's crazy. He wants something that does not belong to him. So, Dave... Oh, and so the traveler comes knocking on the door. But I would also say that the traveler sometimes is not just an evil spirit. Remember, the traveler's not named. The traveler's not in the story, the original story. The traveler could be an evil spirit or the traveler could be your past life the traveler could be your old nature remember when you were born again of the water and of the spirit that you were made a new creature you have been in christ and whoever's in christ has made a new creature Old things are passed away and all things become new. Well, that old thing that passed away starts trying to creep back up and it comes knocking on the door. Let me in. Let me in. I want to lust a little while. Uh, it's the old you. Uh, are you hearing me tonight? Oh, my God. It's the old you that comes knocking on the door and says, let me in again. I, I, I've been lazy. I've been tired. I, I feel like I need some pleasure. I feel like I need something to take care of this this lust, this hunger, this bloodthirstiness that's in me. And so your old nature comes creeping up to your door. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Your old nature says, go do it again. You've been there before. You walked up to that rooftop before, but this time I want you to come and I want you to stare at it. And I want you to do something about it. And I want you to take what is not yours. It's the old you. It's the past you. It's the you that you delivered, you were delivered of before and you laid it down at the altar. You, you went down in Jesus' name and came up a new creature. You went down to the altar and came up brand new. You had the Holy Ghost. You had power. You had dominion over it. But all of a sudden, the traveler comes knocking on your door because you've gotten cold. You've gotten stale. You've gotten stagnant. And he knows when you're sta stagnant. He knows when you're stale. He knows when you're cold and dry and you're not doing anything for God when you ought to be at the battlefield. And so he knocks on the door and he says, 
Let me go lust a little while. See, it's the old you that comes and shows up to do bad business. It's the old you that comes and shows up and comes to stay and lust for a little while and do some evil for a little while. This is the traveler. This is the traveler that's wedged right in the middle of the situation, right between the rich man and the poor man. There's a traveler that comes in and David could have been a good rich man and taken the blessings that God had given him and destroyed the enemy that had come against him. But right in between, right wedged in between the poor man and the rich man is the traveler. And the traveler was the determiner of who David would become and what David would do. You've got to get rid of the traveler. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for just a minute. When you begin to become like David, you start being lazy, you start being prayerless, you stop worshiping, you stop serving in the kingdom of God, that is when the enemy begins to knock on your door. The enemy, that traveler, that mysterious traveler, an evil spirit perhaps, or perhaps your old nature, your old desires, the traveler comes in and all of a sudden, hold on to your bags for a minute, traveler. Hold on to your bags for a minute. All of a sudden, you don't begin to think right anymore. Something is wrong with your thinking. See, you just came out of a Holy Ghost service like tonight, and you just came out of an out, outstanding, poor outpouring of God in your life. You just got a anointed of the Lord. You just preached your first message. You've just done whatever. The Holy Ghost was on you. You've been praying. You've been studying. You've been in warfare. But for some reason, you start feeling a little lazy. You start feeling a little tired. And you lay down to take a break from God for a little bit. Oh! And you start thinking wrong. You're not thinking straight. It's not. That's not the real me. That's not who I am. That's not how I'm supposed to think. What is wrong with me? Why can't I shake this? Then it is that you find out that the traveler has arrived. The traveler has arrived. And the traveler has come walking into your bedroom. And he's bearing some burdens. He's bearing some bags. He's bearing some things. And he all of a sudden makes his way home and starts trashing your house with his junk. He don't care about your order. He starts trashing your good life that you had. He starts trashing all the blessings that you had. He starts trashing what God had given you. He starts trashing your ministry and starts trashing your lifestyle. He starts to trash your marriage. He just throws stuff anywhere he wants to. And he makes himself at home and he starts causing ruckus in the house and he starts causing mess all over your room and he starts causing junk in your heart and he starts causing trash in your mind he's throwing it everywhere that's when you know the traveler he's arrived the traveler he's arrived He's come and he's bearing his burdens 
And all of a sudden, I am preaching in the Holy Ghost right now. All of a sudden, you begin to have these overwhelming feelings. Yeah. You're laying in your bed being lazy. You thought you'd be okay in the bed not fighting. You wouldn't get hit, hurt. But I'll tell you, the Lord will fight your battles for you if you'll just go out to the battlefield. My God, the Lord will fight for you. You're more protected in the battlefield than you are laying around at home not doing anything for God. But all of a sudden, I'm not preaching to anybody tonight. Who am I preaching to in this place? All of a sudden, overwhelming feelings of the past start coming on you. Overwhelming desires of what you used to do and what you what your flesh likes to do. It starts overwhelming you and coming on you and you can't even think straight. It's, it, it, your mind is out of whack. Something ain't right with your mind. Something ain't right in your heart. You can't get it right. You don't understand what's going on. You just left the Holy Ghost meeting. You just prayed at the altar. You just got preached to. You just laid your life down at the altar. What is going on? Why am I not thinking right? This is when you know that the traveler has arrived he starts throwing his burdens on you he starts overwhelming you with all his junk all his clutter all his chaos all his mess and the clutter is clutter in your mind are you hearing me tonight am I helping anybody tonight the clutter is clutter in your mind the trash is trash in your heart and you are not in your right mind you're becoming somebody who you are not somebody you used to be and you don't understand I just got delivered I'm speaking in tongues why it's because the traveler has arrived the traveler has arrived the traveler has arrived he's unloaded his burdens he's overwhelmed you with depression he's overwhelmed you with anxiety he's overwhelmed you with lust he threw lust in your life he threw anxiety in your life he threw all kinds of mess in your life he caused depression to go in your life he did all kinds of things throwing it in your life The traveler, bloodthirsty traveler, mysterious traveler. David didn't see the traveler. David didn't see the traveler. That's why I'm telling you what, how to know when the traveler has arrived. David didn't see the traveler. David just had these overwhelming feelings and didn't know why it was happening, why it was coming about like this. But he didn't understand that the traveler had come knocking on his door, ready to cause destruction, ready to destroy his ministry, ready to destroy his life, to destroy his integrity oh that is when the traveler arrived but I've come to tell you tonight you've got to face the traveler the next time he arrives the next time he's come and I'll tell you right now in the Holy Ghost because I know right now in the Holy Ghost that the traveler's been tormenting some of you the traveler's come and unloaded his junk in your house and he's been living in your house for a little while and you've been living in sin for a little while are you hearing me tonight you've been doing some 
some things that are unseemly, some things that don't make any sense, some things that you know you shouldn't be doing, but for some reason you can't shake the feeling, you can't shake the clutter, you can't shake the trash, you can't get rid of it. But I've come to tell you tonight, it's time to face that traveler once and for all and say, traveler, you don't belong here any longer. This is the house of the Lord. This is my house. This house belongs to me. And I am blessed. And I'm highly favored of the Lord. And I have everything I need to take care of you. I commend you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my house. Leave my house. Pack your bag. Get your stuff. Oh, my God. When the traveler has arrived, it's time to tell him immediately, pack up and move out. Don't let that... It's time to face that traveler once and for all and tell him to gather up his stuff, remove the trash he left, pack up his bags, and move out. He's not welcome here any longer. Grab your bags, grab your burdens, grab your drugs, grab your lust, grab your garbage, and get out of my house. I'm tired of you bringing your trash up in God's temple. I'm tired of your garbage. I'm tired of your junk. I'm tired of putting up with your mess. I ain't putting up with your stuff any longer. Get out and don't come back. I'm tired of you wrecking my home. Come on, somebody needs to take authority over that traveler tonight. You're going to pick up this junk on this floor tonight and you're going to throw it on the altar because the traveler has trashed your life. And if you're tired of the traveler trashing your life, I ask you right now to come marching up with authority and anointing and say you can't have my life. Come on right now. Come on right now. It's time to fight against the traveler. If you're serious about this, you're going to pick up the trash that's on this floor and you're going to take it to the altar and lay it down and say, God, it's not welcome in my house. You know what that trash stands for. You know what that garbage stands for. You know what that luggage stands for. It's time to lay it down at the altar right now. In the name of Jesus, get out. 
in the name of Jesus. Stop showing up when I'm weak. In the name of Jesus. Stop showing up and wrecking things. In the name of Jesus. Stop causing me to think wrong. You can't stay here any longer. You can't stay the night here. No, not one more time. You can't come visit ever again. I don't want to see your ugly face ever again. And if you ever, ever, ever try coming back, listen to me right now. It's going to be a full-on Holy Ghost fight. We're going to squabble until you hobble out. We're going to wrangle until you're strangled. We're going we're gonna to fight until you are not right in your mind anymore. You are not allowed here any longer. Travelers got to go. I'm coming to a close right now. The traveler has got to go. The traveler has got to stop tormenting your life. Oh, I'm, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You've been dealing with this. Traveler keeps coming and knocking on your door. And you don't know why you're thinking the way you're thinking. You don't know why you're out of your mind. You don't know why. Why on earth would I, a man after God's own heart, think of committing adultery and lying and stealing and murdering somebody? It's because the traveler has arrived to your house. He's come bearing his burdens, bearing his lust, bearing all that depression you keep facing. Lift your hands right now. The Holy Ghost is trying to minister to somebody. This is a night of deliverance, I told you. This is a night of deliverance. The devil keeps coming into your house and throwing his trash in your life. You know what I'm talking about right now. That's it. Put the burdens on the altar. That's it. Put the trash on the altar. That's it right now. Lay it down on the altar and kick the devil out of your house. God has given you everything you need. Oh, my God. God has given you everything you need to take care of this traveler. God has given you all the resources. God has given you the power and the authority to take care of the traveler. So right now, in the name of Jesus, it's time to start warring in the spirit. It's time to start fighting. Get back on the battlefield. Get back on the battlefield right now, right now. Come to the music, Brother Ethan. Right now, right now. It's time to start fighting on the battlefield. Right now. Cast that devil out. Cast that spirit out. Cast that lust out. Cast that perversion out. Cast that lying spirit out. Get it out right now. I'm tired of you fooling with me. I'm tired of you messing with me. I'm tired of fighting your junk. I'm tired of putting up with your mess. I'm tired of seeing your ugly face. Get out of my house. Come on, talk to the devil. Talk to that enemy. Talk to your old nature. Talk to whatever has been fighting you right now. Talk to it and tell it to get out. Commander, it does not belong.
on, how bad do you want delivered? How bad do you want delivered? What are you gonna do the next time that traveler comes knocking on your door? What are you gonna do the next time that traveler comes knocking on your door? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna recognize the signs? Are you gonna get back in the field? Are you gonna start praying? What are you gonna do when the traveler comes knocking on your door? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Traveler's knocking. He's knocking right now. He's knocking on your heart right now. He's knocking on your mind right now. What are you going to do? Some of you have already let him in. But I'm telling you, you have everything you need. You've let him in. That's okay for now. Because you've got everything you need. And tonight, you are going to get the traveler out of your house. Out of your mind somebody tell the devil tonight is the last night tonight is the night of deliverance I will be free I will be delivered I will get a breakthrough Lay it down on the altar. Put the trash on the altar. Put the garbage on the altar. Come on, right now. Right now. Fight against that traveler. He's come to ruin you. He's come to wreck you. He's come to mess you up. But it's time right now to fight, to fight, to fight. attacking you open up your mouth and declare it in your life don't pray no lazy prayers don't pray no half-hearted prayers you ain't gonna get delivered you better give God everything right now open up your mouth you have what you need it is inside of you speak it out right now all over the room all over the room there ought to be a war cry in this house we're cleaning the house tonight we're cleaning the house tonight Traveler, get out! Traveler, leave the house! Come on, pray, push, push, push. Lift up your voice, lift up your hands, and declare war!
as the traveler. I, I, I believe that it is lust. I, I know that, that that is, but I believe that there are other things that show up and they're the traveler as well. I believe that the enemy has wanted to come in and, and take over. Listen, I don't know how to explain this, but I felt this in the spirit that the enemy wants to take over the finances of some young married couples, some young families. They want to, the, the enemy wants to confine and constrict the income. He wants to make it difficult for you to make the bills. I know I'm one of, the, I'm one of these people that I believe the devil's fighting. So I, I, I'll be the first one. But are there any young couples in this place? Young married couples, middle-aged couples, older couples, it doesn't matter. But if you're a family unit and you want, even if you're a single parent or whatever it may be, and you feel like that the enemy is fighting your finances, I want you to step up to the front of this building. Come on, right now, right now, come on. 
Ain't nobody coming. That means everybody's rich. front of this building and I want you to throw your hands in the air and I want you to rebuke the traveler right now. The traveler, the spirit that is trying to control us, trying to bring us down. I come against it in the name of Jesus. The song said I plead the blood. I want us to plead the blood over this right now. Come on, plead the blood over it in the name of Jesus. If you're going to receive it, go ahead. 
tonight. He's probably watching, so he might know what's going on. But I think it's going to be funny when he gets back and there's a line outside of his door at his office because they want to come in and tell him about the blessing that God gave him. And, and, and Brother Brian and Sister Leather, they're, they're telling him about the blessing God gave him. And Sister Kim's waiting at the door because she's got to tell him about it. And then Brother Austin, they got to tell him about it. And I believe there's going to be some great things happening. Whatever it may be in your life and in my life, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Woo. I remember we used to have testimony service. We're not going to do it tonight, so don't worry about it. But we used to have testimony service, and I still think it's good to testify. Now, I don't mean that we probably can't do it the way we used to, because a lot of times we gave the devil more praise than we did the the Lord. The devil's been on my back all day, bless his holy name. The way some people testify. But if we could just tell each other of the good things that God has done, I can't wait for somebody to come tell me about a blessing God's given them in the next week. I can't wait to tell somebody about a blessing God gave me this week. Hallelujah. If you believe this word, lift your hands right now. God, we're signifying we believe your word. We rebuke the enemy. We rebuke the traveler. But God, we welcome your presence and we welcome your blessings upon us. For every man, woman, boy, and girl that follows the plan of God, financial plan in the word of God, God, 